0: Welcome back to Anime Cons TV. My name is Doug Wilder, and I just got back from Otakon 2023, once again held at the Walter Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. I know it's been a little bit since we've had a con report here, but let's get right into it. Um, it was a pretty good year. I wouldn't say it was Otacon's best year, but I still managed to always have a good time. Right off the bat, one of the things I'm going to say is that they definitely improved how they were wrangling lines at this convention this year. It definitely seemed like things were managed a lot better. We saw the line for like, say the dealer's room in Artist Alley area, where there's a very long hallway in the convention center. They actually had dividers set up, which I think just helped the traffic flow. People going one direction on one side, people going in the other direction on the other side, and it seemed to work out a lot better. Um, one of the big things that they had this year was they had the company Big West, which is in charge of like primarily the, the Macross franchise and stuff like that. And this was their first time really having a real, not just kind of a panel or something, but having like a real presence outside of Japan, not just in the US, but outside of Japan. So they had a big booth at the uh, dealers' room, things like that. They had a neat little exhibit of Macross stuff at the booth. Obviously, they can only only promoting certain parts of Macross because it continue, that this property continues to be an in intellectual property, a quagmire, on both sides of the Pacific, both in America and in Japan. But they had some neat stuff there. If you were bought some merchandise from their booth, they had a little uh, drawing where you could see what kind of pin you could get, which was a neat little thing. I saw people collecting them and trading them. And that was nice to do. It would have been nice if you could have been like, oh, I just want to buy this specific pin, but I understand that's kind of the draw of, you know, you want to get blind ones so you have try and trade with other people. Um, they had, like, Shibata uh, Shindiramaki, Heidatakitonjin, Shikoji Kawamori, and uh, as guests, and they had a couple panels together. One of the things I really noticed about the panels that they were on, like, they were on a couple designing like, uh mecha pulling all together, is even though they were going through a translator for the crowd, they seemed to play off of each other really well. They interacted well with each other. They could have known each other for a while. And that dynamic was really nice to see. And I, you don't see that too often with Japanese creators at conventions. Usually it's only like one, or if there's more than one, they don't really bring them together because they haven't worked together that much, but this, they seem to really, uh, talk well together and just got a good dynamic. Overall, I was a little mixed on the panel content at the convention and just panels in general, I feel like needs a little bit more attention. I won't say it's completely broken, but there was definitely some t- things I thought were a little questionable. One of the things I noticed was they didn't have a dedicated text for every room, including, I mentioned that. And with um, all the people that worked on Macross and other mechanical designs, they didn't have a dedicated tech staffer there, and they for setting up. And these are VIP guests, not tuning. And they also with some noise bleed, ironically from the hid- idle space next door <laughs> in this one room. So I think it's one of those things that I think Otacon needs to push a little bit more of getting people, you know, dedicated staffers, one person in their room at all times for tech. And I know it's a lot more manpower, but I think you avoid some of these issues that people are having with that. Um, and it just, it, it's, I understand having someone at the setup is one thing, but things ha- things can happen, you know, computer can have a hiccup and everything. So I think they need to have a better dedicated tech stuff, for free time, especially for big content or big rooms and stuff like that. Some of the other stuff that was just really kind of weird was a lot of the scheduling for panels, just seemed to not make sense. There was content about giant robot stuff at mecha that was against each other, which I am all for having more of that. Thing, but I don't like having seen stuff where you're competing with each other because one people often want to go to both those panels. If they're going, if they're going to go to one, they're going to want to go to the other, but also then the people that aren't interested in that content, that gives them fewer options of things to check out. We also saw um, Yuri versus... Uh, by Yuri and bike, uh characters, panels against each other, things like that. Um, I went to one panel you know, about, like... A, it was, like, bags 101 or something like that. I'm forgetting the name at the moment. And it, it this, this presenter felt a little disorganized. Like, they were just kind of laughing off, like having a lot of in-jokes with their, their stuff like that. And like, they didn't do a very good job of introducing themselves. Like they said, oh, I've been going to cons for 10 years and stuff like that. Oh, and I I am God. And a lot of people just the, the kind of fell flat and it didn't make sense. And I just, I actually left the panel because I just felt like the information wasn't being relayed. There was too many tangents. And like I said, there in-jokes with their co-panelists. And then they just said some stuff that wasn't true. Like they said, "Oh, well, ten years ago there weren't cosplay repair stations at conventions." And I hate to be that guy, but I was at conventions ten years ago, and I definitely remember several of them having several of them having cosplay repair stations. Even you know, especially bigger ones like Otakon. Maybe they weren't as prominent as they are now, or things like that. But they definitely existed. And you just really felt off. Um, I did go to one panel that was about anime in the Philippines, which was neat to see um, a little bit of like what became popular and things like that. Of course, Vultez 5 came up in discussion and things like that. And it was just really good stories about how it's gotten into the culture in any country other than America and, and Japan, and that was really good. The I, I will say the panel's sneaking style was needed a little bit of work, and I think that's just one of those things that, Keep doing what you're doing, just get practice, get more, do it more often, and get used to presenting at cons. And I think they able to have a, this panel would be even better. So I hope that panelist keeps going and keeps improving. And I will just say, as someone who knows <laughs> those panels themselves, I know that sometimes... Um, I look back at how I was years ago and I've definitely seen like, oh, I knew I could be so much better. I also learned a lot by watching other panelists and seeing how they organize and how they present, and that helped a lot. Again, one of the other disappointing, like, schedule ones was I went to a, a panel by, uh, Lauren Alessary and at uh, John Bowers that was the, uh, Onsen one, which was really fun and really informative. And I like that, but again, it was they called it Oh, it's a Hot Springs episode. And it was scheduled against a panel called Oh, it's a Baseball episode. So even though I guess it's two different topics, it's like, oh, there's the specific episode uh, trope panel against the specific episode trope panel, and it just it, it didn't make sense. Um so moving on, one other panel that was I enjoyed, but it was very strange was I went to the Azuki, which is the uh, digital manga company panel. They've been around for a couple of years now, but so that's, a, they're not, you know, the biggest name, uh, name in the game right now, but they're significant and they're growing and their industry, their panel is scheduled to start, not begin, end, start at 1045 at night. So obviously, even though they're a digital, you know, uh, industry person they didn't get a big crowd and it was kind of disappointing that like this is an industry person not getting a decent slot so that's some of the other stuff i will say there was the train theme for the convention this year and they did some good stuff with that and there was a couple of things there was even a giant train, train, train robot train which was great you saw a couple other things like that um they had a very large, like, I'm talking like two, two uh, floors tall, uh, like, train station gate inside the, the, kind of the big areas of that, really in you know, a branded Otakan and stuff like that. And that was really neat to see, and I like seeing stuff like that. They had a video game in the uh, video game room called Densha Go, which is basically you're learning, you're, I guess, piloting or engineer for the uh, train in, like, Tokyo and or parts of you- Japan on the trails and making sure you don't speed up too fast or slow down too, too slowly and things like that. And it's neat to see, but at the same time I was watching it a little bit and that, that game has a very long tutorial mode. And so people were lining up for it, but they were waiting a long time just to play this one game. But uh, I also saw them and I cringed a little bit when I saw this, but they have re- had both given away and we're actually selling at their booth Otacon branded like uh, wooden train whistles, and I was a little bit perplexed by this. I thought that was like, oh, that's going to be a headache. Like the last thing you want is more pe- people making more noise at the convention. And I didn't really hear it, but, which was kind of surprised. But I still, as maybe this is the old man in me speaking, just like, oh, we don't we don't need more noise. One of the other things that I will uh, say was really good, though, is I was glad to see that their Makerspace had returned. This continues to be, I think, a really good place to just poke your head and see what people are working on. They had some actual content and stuff like that, a stamp rally for parts of it, and I really liked seeing that. I want to give a shout-out to the staff there that they had. (laughs) Oticon-branded <laughs> aprons in the makerspace, which that's a really cool thing because, you know, you're working with materials, it can get dirty and whatnot, and I thought that was a great idea, so I really hope they keep up the makerspace. Even though I don't use it that much on my own, I think it is a very good thing to see, and I really hope they continue with it. So, the other, some of the other stuff I will say, once again, the dealer's room is always One of the better ones that I like, I think there's always a good mix of different kinds of vendors and stuff like that. But I did see some things that were a little strange. Um, Other conventions promoting at Otakon, they had a table and stuff like that. It was very weird that I saw some of them in the dealer's room, some of them in the artist's alley, and some of them even in the video game room. It's just, it seemed very weird. I kind of wish they would just Take like one location and stick with it. I, ideally, I think in the when there's, there's enough space that you can do a good designated con row like that, but kind of keep it really consistent there. Because I think if you have a uh, convention promoting another event saying, hey, come see us at Otacon, and you're trying to figure out where that con is having their table, when it's three different possible locations, it gets a little confusion. I saw. I went to the artist alley and I saw a lot of good stuff. It's been very interesting to see how art has evolved and stuff like that. But one of the things that I kind of was a little not even annoyed about, but just got a little tired of seeing, is that there was a kind of a very similar color palette at a lot of vendors. Everyone seemed to be using that kind of a pink and teal neon pastel color palette. I'm not sure. Words over and over again, and that's not that it's a bad style or these people are bad artists. But when you start seeing only that, you kind of wonder, well, I've already seen that. I've already gotten that. I would have liked to see a bit more variety from artists. I think the quality of their stuff was good, and the variety of subjects was good. It was just this again, the single palette of colors just kept coming up again and again and again. Of course, will I go back to Otakon? I continue to have a great time. It's been interesting to see how the con has grown into the Washington Convention Center space. I definitely talked with a few people that I know have gone to Otakon almost as long as I have. Some some of them have been even going longer. And a lot of us have commented that the convention has kind of changed how it is. Uh, yet. Mm-hmm. The Walter Washington Engine Center versus how it was in the Baltimore Convention Center. The, the Pulse has kind of evolved. And I, th- I don't think the change of venues, is the only thing to blame for that. Some of that is we had the pandemic. Some of that is that the, the industry and the fandom continues to change. And so that some of that is unavoidable. Oh, speaking of the... Uh, Venue, I will just say once again, I didn't have a problem last year, but I did have it two years ago and I had this problem again, as I went into the AMV screening room and for whatever reason, that room was just way too hot, way too muggy. And I could, couldn't could get in past the, in the trailer section. It was just that uncomfortable. I don't know what they need to do in that room for that level of people or if they need to just find a better home for it. I know that they have the AMV theater. Room where it's all A&V programming, but that room—they need to make that better. They need to make it like just blast the air conditioning as much as possible, or something, because that room got so, was so hot and it just wasn't flowing. And I really want to see them fix it because I do enjoy going to the A&V contest, and uh, where after ten minutes they keep doing it, and it's uh, it's a little too hot. The other thing I will just say is. They continue to use their, the same intro, um, of using the ELA song Twilight to introduce the contest. And I, I understand that intro videos are kind of a thing for AMB contests and stuff, but when it's a full song, it it just really kind of bothers me because it's like, I don't want to see an AMB, uh, another music video promoting the the music videos. Just do, do short and two-point, have fun, and get 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 the show rolling. I think it's time to retire then. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest, guys. I, mean, I love AMVs at Oticon, but I think this is something that they need to move on from. Okay, now I'm going to really wrap up for real and say that I did still enjoy the convention. I still have a lot of fun. And I will be coming back next year. You guys can't keep me away. I, I have a lot of things but last i'll just close out i was able to take some time during the convention and interview the president and talk a little bit about how otacon has evolved and how things are going how you're feeling about this year and next year and stuff like that so i'm going to wrap up here and just say thank you guys for watching let us know what your favorite parts of otacon was or what you're hoping that otacon will do in the future and we'll see you guys again soon